Welcome to Thinking Ahead, your leading edge insights podcast. Each episode reveals the latest insights on today's consumers and offers a sneak peek of tomorrow's marketplace. Stop guessing what's next and start thinking ahead. Hello and welcome or welcome back to Thinking Ahead. This is Hannah. I'm going to be your host for today, and I am joined by Tim Kenyon. He is a vice president at GFK Consumer Life, and he's here to talk about a really amazing topic, and that is consumer trends in environmental and sustainability. So welcome, Tim. Yeah, thanks so much for having me, Hannah. I'm I'm happy to be here. Yeah, of course. I'm really excited to hear the kind of insights that you have for us today. I know that if we had sat down and discussed sustainability, even just a couple months back, uh, I think it would have been a really different conversation. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, the the pandemic and our new sort of lockdown lifestyles are, are having really far reaching implications, not just for topics like sustainability, but for you know other important consumer facing themes and trends as well. Yeah, I can't wait to get into all of that and how coronavirus has really changed the trends, or maybe not, we'll see. Uh, But let's start with a little bit of background. So what kind of trends have you seen in consumer perceptions of the environment and sustainability in the last decade? Yeah, that's a really good question. And, and, you know, actually, um, at GFK Consumer Life, we, we can go back even further. And we've been tracking concern for the environment Uh, in the U.S. since the early 1970s and also globally since the late 1990s. And and really just kind of generally speaking on a high level, um, concern and knowledge about the environment and certainly people engaging with the environment and topics like sustainability have been on a on a steady rise. So, you know, that might be things like, you know, people are recycling more um, or people are more interested in the purchasing of, you know, natural and organic products. Um, you know, over the past decade, we've seen a steady rise in products that use more natural ingredients or food products that are labeled as, as organic. And then we also see it in um, some broader themes as well and things that might be a little bit more recent like the circular economy um, or maybe a rising interest in alternative uh, powertrains for people's cars so things like EVs or electric vehicles of course you know this varies greatly by country and region um, also by demographic but but by and large this is really now considered a you know a mainstream aspect of, of most people's lives and something that people kind of engage with and also understand. You mentioned the phrase circular economy. Uh, What is that exactly? Can you go into a little more detail? Yeah, sure. So the circular economy really emphasizes um, resource optimization and also sharing. Um, You know, there's a lot of manufacturers will use this to optimize their, their production processes. But you know, from a from a consumer standpoint, it could be focused on, you know, buying used items instead of new. So over the past decade, in particular, because of things like the digital economy and the way we're able to connect with others, um, there's been growth in people wanting to buy, um, you know, more used cars, certified pre-owned, cell phones, refurbished cell phones, even clothes as well. That's great. I know I'm currently wearing a reused sweatshirt that I bought at a used clothing store. So I guess I'm a part of the circular economy. Absolutely. 
Uh, So three big categories that come to mind when it comes to being sustainably conscious. Uh, One is automotive products. Of course, your car, they emit a lot of greenhouse gases. There's also household cleaning products, which I think is very evident right now. And then also the food and beverage categories. So can you break these three down for us a little more? Um, How have the trends hurt or helped the environment? It's it's a lot of how people... Uh, how they engage with the environment is through really kind of, of uh, practical means. Um, so saving money, protecting health, things like that. Um, I think automo- you know, a car is, is interesting because um, you know, typically we think of, you know, go back to um, like a Toyota Prius or today of a Tesla. Um, you know, there's, an ele- there's always an element of, you know, I'm saving money on fuel costs. Um, that was, you know, during the Great Recession, that was a message that a lot of automotive manufacturers went back to when they were talking about um, diff- any type of, of, of alternative engine was being able to save on your fuel costs. I think, you know, another thing that's interesting about a thing like a car, you think about a Tesla in particular um, or, or other types of more high-end EVs, electric vehicles, is there's also kind of an element of kind of showing off is what I'd say, you know, is being able to kind of display to others that you have an environmentally conscious mindset, which in and of itself is sort of a is sort of a badge that more and more people want to be able to display to the world. You also mentioned, you know, household cleaning and food. And in some ways, we can kind of group these together from, uh, you know, if you're thinking about, you know, organic foods or locally sourced foods or household cleaning products that use natural ingredients. Typically, we'd say, you know, these are kind of in me or on me categories, right? Things that maybe you're going to, you're, you're physically going to come into contact with, or maybe your, your children or your pets are going to come into physical, uh, physical contact with. So there's an element of, of using these products because it's having, you know, it's, it's helping to protect my health or it's, it's kind of shielding me maybe from other products, which you might think are potentially harmful to you or your family's health. Now, I think household cleaning right now in this moment is, is a really interesting category to, um, to observe. Um, you know, if, if, if you were to go to your local supermarket, you know, socially, you know, being safe and socially distancing yourself, if you were to go there today, you know, you would look at the, the aisle and all of the, you know, the really strong industrial strength cleaners, they'd be gone, right? But if you were to take a picture, you'd see that a lot of like more of the natural or kind of organic focused um, cleaners are still on the shelf. And that's because right now in this time, people are focused on their immediate, immediate protection and they are really focused on efficacy and they want to make sure they have products, clean cleaning products that can help, you know, eliminate the virus and, and eliminate other, um, you know, harmful germs that might be around. So I think right now is kind of an interesting moment for for certain categories as it relates to sustainability because it goes back to some common themes that we've um, always observed in our data, at least at GFK Consumer Life, which is around, you know, product efficacy as it relates to sustainability. I love that being sustainably conscious is considered cool. It's like the cool thing to do. That's awesome. So when it comes to certain products and environmental efforts, which have really risen to the top of consumer minds and which have kind of gone by the wayside it just it still comes to some of those those practical benefits so you know anything that that um, is about resource optimization energy efficiency protection and and when we talk about protection that is i mean protection is a broader consumer theme consumer trend 
um, that's becoming even more important in the marketplace. Safety right now is, is really important. In fact, even before coronavirus, even before the pandemic, safety was one of the top trends that we were we were examining. Obviously, people always want to have safe products and keep their family safe, but it was becoming even more important. The coronavirus has supercharged that for sure. So, you know, any any kind of product that can can help protect your pocketbook, protect your family's health, um, you know, things like that. Those are the types of things that resonate. Again, if you go back, you know, to the Great Recession, um, uh, you know, and, and actually, it, we we talk about this. Um, there's a there's an ebook that we're going to be releasing and is going to be available along with this podcast. But one of the things we talk about in the ebook is some of the products that sort of were successful during that time period. And one was energy efficient light bulbs. Um, a lot of people during that time, they didn't necessarily see a benefit in paying more for a product that had sort of an environmental benefit, except for energy efficient light bulbs. Um, and that's because there's a direct benefit to your pocketbook as well in terms of, of saving money on your energy costs. Well, that brings us to the current day, which is this world we're living in right now with a pandemic that's happening. Uh, Because of that, we're being encouraged to use disposable bags at the grocery store. They're talking about disposable menus when restaurants open up. Uh, It's a world where people are hoarding products and where farmers are being forced to dump millions of pounds of milk and other produce. Uh, So with that, are our current conditions halting environmental efforts at all? You know, it's really, you know, and I'm going to talk mostly from a consumer perspective right now or from just like kind of general public perspective. It definitely is um, a mixed bag in the immediate and short term. And I think it's it's really important. And this is some of the work we've been doing at GFK Consumer Life just generally, not, not even really sustainability, is helping our clients figure out, you know, breaking down the immediate short term of a terrifying global public health crisis, which requires um, a lot of behavior and attitude shifts that even a couple of months ago we wouldn't even dream of versus, you know, what's the longer term impact? You know, so I, I keep thinking and, 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 and maybe this is wishful thinking. Maybe it's not. Maybe I'm being too conservative. I keep thinking that, you know, January 2021, right? Like once hopefully like a lot of this is behind us or we figured out some strategies about how to better deal with the, the, the pandemic and we start kind of moving into a, a kind of a new a new phase. Um, but there's a lot been written about um, how the halt to, you know, large scale commuting and traveling and manufacturing um, has kind of cleaned up our environment. We write in our ebook that, you know, the environment has kind of had a chance to, to detoxify itself a bit over the past few weeks and months as we've all kind of lived this lockdown lifestyle. Um, so, you know, it, it, there's some, I think it's interesting and, and, you know, maybe, maybe that doesn't stick. Maybe people seeing a clean environment, you know, maybe, you know, maybe it, it kind of leads them to say, well, you know, I, I you know, can't wait till we can go back to, to, to our old lifestyles. But I think there might be a little bit of a, um, of a, of a shift as people start to see the benefits of, of having cleaner air. Um, you know, people, you know, again, fighting against social, so, uh, social distancing guidelines from, from, from many governments, people are flocking to, to natural spaces and parks. Um, and, you know, they really want to convene with nature. And, and we even see, saw that during the Great Recession, people find nature as a, um, as a place where they can find solace, right? So that definitely has some, some broader implications from a marketing perspective and in terms of, of branding things as, you know, natural um, and organic. Um, I think also, you know, one thing 
to sort of keep an eye out to, even just from a marketer's perspective, is, you know, there's some emerging evidence from scientists um, that, you know, pollution may actually exacerbate the disease and cause uh, cause more deaths, actually. Um, so if we see more of this type of information being linked to the pandemic, that somehow, you know, environmental conditions, whether they're, you know, worsening environmental conditions have something to do with the pandemic, then you may actually see um, you know, kind of stronger attitudes towards sustainability in the longer term. There's also the economy to think about. I know typically when there's a recession, sustainability tends to take a backseat to the market's health. Will a pandemic-induced recession lessen consumers' efforts to save the environment? You know, we have to really examine this almost country by country or maybe global region by global region. And that's a lot of the work at GFK Consumer Life focuses not just on, you know, big trends going on in the U.S., but also in um, in over 30 countries around the world. Um, so, you know, one of the uh, comparisons we make in the ebook is between uh, Germany and the U.S., for example. So certain countries like Germany, there's some other Western European countries that I could also name. Um, concern for the environment tends to be a little bit more embedded in the sort of the cultural uh, psyche, I would say, um, and in some ways is, is almost decoupled from the economy you know there's it's not not necessarily saying there's a trade-off between one or the other that we have in order to have a you know be concerned for the environment i have to be doing well financially um in the u.s the story typically and historically has been flipped and again we can go all the way back to the 70s to kind of examine this um and and there has sort of been this linking of you know, a better economy with more social responsibility. I think what's interesting, though, is uh, during the kind of the Great Recession, we were expecting initially um, that attitudes towards sustainability and, and the purchasing of environmentally friendly products to really kind of fall off of a cliff just based off of what we'd seen in the past. Um, but in, in we, we didn't really see that happen. In fact, in some ways, the concern for the environment kind of uh, actually rose during the Great Recession, which was really kind of um, uh, uh, a surprise to us. And a lot of it had to do with some of the generational differences, you know, the Gen Z and the millennials versus versus older generations and how they were thinking about the environment. I think there's a lot of people who will be happy to hear that. For sure. Yeah. So now looking at all the trends, past and current, since you mentioned it a little bit at the end there, is there a big generational difference in the trends when you look at it that way? Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, I'll go back again to the um, to the Great Recession. There's a lot of learnings to be to be had there about not just, you know, how people engage with sustainability and social responsibility, um, but a number of other um, consumer facing themes and trends that we think are going to be important moving forward. Um, you know, and one of those things as it relates to sustainability is that as we were, were heading into the Great Recession, so if we think 2006, 2007, the leaders, I would say, the, the generation that was kind of leading on a lot of the concern and the attitudes were baby boomers. Uh, during the Great Recession, recession that flipped. And, you know, millennials um, were the ones that were really 
starting to lead on 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 this idea of of, of eco consciousness and engaging with the environment, um, and in some ways, you know, kind of makes sense. You know, millennials back then, um, you know, they had grown up on a heavy dose of environmental education in the you know the eighties and the early nineties. You can think of things like uh, you know Captain Planet, for example, but also kind of you know the mantra was kind of beaten into everybody's head of you know reduce, reuse, recycle. Um, at the same time, you know, millennials, that's when they were starting to enter the next phase of their lives, which is parenthood. And we saw millennial parents in particular really kind of keep, quote unquote, the movement um, afloat. Now, if you fast forward to today, um, you know, we really look to, to Generation Z. They're kind of, you know, in their you know, teens and, and early 20s right now. They're the ones that are really kind of leading uh, leading the charge. I mean, last year, there was a lot of, um, a lot of activity around climate change protests. Um, and, and that generation in particular tends to see the environment as real table stakes, um, not just for something that governments have to address, but also for brands as well. Uh, what can brands do to help the environment and attract those consumers who find it important that you just spoke about? Yeah, I mean, you know, according to our data, right? I mean, every you know, consumers by and large thinks that that companies have a responsibility to protect the environment for sure. Um, now, that doesn't necessarily always have to translate into a specific product or brand offering or into their innovation or marketing. These are things that can certainly be kind of going on. In the background, in terms of their manufacturing processes, um, you know. That said, there are some brands um, and products and services that can have um, more of, I guess, a mission to sort of to help the environment. But again, it kind of goes back to, you know, some of those some of those triggers that we talked about before. You know, the idea of of protection and and health and even you know, kind of financial sustainability. Um, you know, or, or just kind of speaking generally and having that kind of environmental ethos embedded into your into your brand identity. Thinking ahead, where do you see the trends going? And do people feel like they can make a difference for the future? We definitely, I mean, we consider if, if we were to think about sustainability or the environment as a as a trend, it's definitely a trend that has gone mainstream. You know, the last, the you know, I think it's always interesting to note the anniversary of Earth Day, which is actually coming up in uh, uh, this year. It's going to be the the 50th anniversary of Earth Day. Obviously, we're gonna it's going to be celebrated a little bit differently. You know, one of the one of the the key um, points that we're talking to a lot of our clients about right now is is really it's it's going to have to be large institutions and and you know and to a certain extent brands and companies are really going to have to take the lead concern of the environment is still very much kind of part of um, uh, part of the discussion right now. Certainly, most people are concerned about the pandemic, but nearly two-thirds of Americans are still concerned about protecting the environment and climate change as well. If you're a marketer listening to this, you know, we have a, we have a responsibility as well right now to kind of help keep things, uh, keep things afloat. And, and, you know, short-term, things are, are kind of very difficult, but we have to also be thinking kind of to the next phases and to, to when we start to pivot to uh, to to a new uh, kind of a new future. Well, I look forward to seeing where the trends go in the future. Thank you so much for being here. Well, virtually being here with me um, and talking about this topic. Thank you, Hannah. I know you mentioned a little bit about the ebook. I've read it. It's uh, some really great information. If you'd like more ab- about this topic, I'm going to leave a link in the description for you to click. 
And now our closing segment, listen to this, where we'll share some fun facts pulled from our studies across GFK. Perhaps it's no coincidence that the leading voice on sustainability today is Greta Thunberg, a 17-year-old young woman. Listen to this. Among adults in the United States, women aged 18 to 34 have the highest level of concern about the future of our planet. In the past five years, these consumers have cut down on their use of products that, quote, never go away. Household use of foam cups and plates decreased by 20%, and the use of plastic cups or plates is down 11%. One thing that hasn't changed, however, is the use of plastic storage bags, including sandwich and freezer bags. American households overall are actually using slightly more of these. Even the women 18 to 34 group haven't cut down. Convenient alternatives aren't yet mainstream enough to be a no-brainer option. The data suggests a great opportunity for manufacturers to develop the products and practices and accommodate these consumers' evolving values and commitment to protecting the planet. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Thinking Ahead. For more information on today's topic, click the link in the description. We'll see you next time so you can keep thinking ahead.